Hello and welcome to All of the Above. I'm James Brown. Thanks for joining me. Check out my work at jamesbrowntv.substack.com. And of course, like, share, and subscribe. It really helps the show. One of my goals of, for this program is to meet people who do unique things for a living and figure out how and why they get there. When I learned about Howard Polskin's work, I knew he fit that bill. Howard runs the writing.com. That's a website aimed at explaining right-wing media perspectives to everybody else. Howard Polskin, welcome to the program. Well, glad to be here, James. Did I quite explain what your intentions are with the writing? I think that was great. Yeah. You deserve a raise in December. <laughs> <laughs> well, did right-wing media find you or did you find it? Good question. I, um, like many people uh, on that fateful November day in 2016, the night after the election, I woke up and I thought, how did we get to this place? How did America elect Donald J. Trump as president? Because I thought I was a smart guy. I read the New York Times. I watch the um, NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. I watch PBS NewsHour. I read Time Magazine. I read the Wall Street Journal. And somehow I missed it. Um, I, I knew he was appealing to a small segment of the population, but not the numbers that would elect him president. And so I started looking at right-wing media and for the answers. And I went to websites I'd never been to before. I had never been to foxnews.com, for instance. I'd never been to the National Review's um, website. Um, and those are somewhat more reasonable conservative ones. But then I started going deeper into places like the Gateway Pundit, WND, um, and it really blew my hair back. And I thought, wow, like I wish someone could just go to these places every day and send me the links to the more interesting stories so I don't have to hunt for them every morning. And no one was doing it. And I was like, well, I guess that's my job now. So that's how it started. What were you doing on election night that year? Were you uh, were you a reporter? Were you a journalist? Were you a researcher? No, I was a um, I was a civilian, uh, an engaged civilian. You know, I'd followed it pretty closely, um, and I, you know, I'm not a political scientist. I, you know, I have no Washington legislative experience or anything like that, but just someone who's up on current events and concerned about what's happening in the world. Um, so I, uh, but, but watching that night, of course, I was completely engaged and I started talking to a, my best friend who was a, a former senior editor at Newsweek. This is about eight o'clock at night. And he kept saying, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. It's like you're because I'm freaking out. I think Iowa came in and it was Trump. Like the first few results were all Trump. And this is all about eight o'clock at night, 815. And then um, and then I think closer to nine, Florida came in and Florida went for Trump. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, we're in trouble. 
and um you know and and you know i'm calling my sisters i'm calling all my friends and we're kind of watching in horror and that's how the night unfolded and when i when i woke up the next morning it was like there was a death in the family i was that's that's how upset i was a death in the family yes 100 percent. yeah how long did that linger I mean, a long time because I thought, like, I like when did the adults step in and say, no, 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 that 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 election didn't count. Like, it was like, like this cannot be. How did how did this happen? It was like the Earth changed the direction that it was spinning. It was, it was like the ground shifted under my feet. Um, so of course, you know, things that scare us and everything like that. The best way to confront those fears is to try and gather as much information as possible about the subject that's making me, uh, you know, uncomfortable and fearful. So you start to research it. You start to find these links and go on world net daily, which I'll bring up later. When did you decide that I need to write a blog and when did I the blog go start, up? I started, I would say, um, a turning point was right after it was his. Well, first of all, I marched on the day that he was inaugurated, or that 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 weekend. I I I marched in New York City, you know, with 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 thousands and thousands of 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 other demonstrators peacefully, um, and you know, I was on the sideline. I was I was looking at all these sites, and um, and then. He had been in, you know, his. If you remember Sean Spicer's first press conference, where he denied um, that the, he he's, he lied about the number of attendees at Trump's inauguration right off the bat. Bingo! First, you know, Trump's in office just a few hours, and you know the lies start right away. And then um, a few weeks later, that's when Kellyanne Conway started said her famous alternative facts. Those aren't lies. Those are alternative facts. And then I was like, what, what world are we living in? And, and sometime in the middle of February, Trump had his famous comment um, or infamous comment, um, the press is the enemy of the people. And that, that really upset me deeply. I am on the, um, the, the board of advisors for the Newhouse School of Communications at Syracuse University. So, you know, I, I'm a professional journalist. It's been in the media business my entire life. And, you know, saying that just just put me over the edge. And, you know, that's when I thought I have to get a little more serious on this. And I started um, on a daily basis creating a Word document, just grabbing the headlines from these um, sites that I was visiting, just so I could see the patterns and you know, it would take me like 45 minutes a day. And I would say right after Charlottesville, I decided to, um, that I needed to launch right after Labor Day. And I, I would, you know, a, a, that's when I put pedal to the metal and I had a launch date and came up with a marketing plan. And, you know, when I launched in, um, uh, you know, mid September, it was, um, CNN wrote me up in in the in the Reliable Sources newsletter, and that that that's how I started getting my first subscribers, and it went from there. 
so you're an advisor at Newhouse. What kind of roles in journalism did you have? Or what kind of jobs at that period did you have? Well, ju just generally. So my, my career has been somewhat bifurcated. Um, so the first half of here. my so, <laughs> so the first half of my career, I was uh, I was I was a journal I was a I was reporter and staff writer. I had um, um, you know started off on a, at a local weekly newspaper. I came to New York, worked for a trade magazine, and eventually became a staff writer for TV Guide magazine when it had a you know a paid circulation of 17 million a week. And I, I wrote a lot about uh, television news. So um, and and um, when I when I left when I left TV Guide. I uh, joined Turner Broadcasting as a vice president of public relations. The first, uh, the, the first year I was on the entertainment side, but after that I spent the bulk of my career there, uh, heading up CNN's New York public relations office. So, uh, and then, and then yeah, and so I, you know, got into public relations, worked for uh, Sony after that. Um, for the trade association for the magazine industry, including a lot of work with the American Society of Magazine Editors. Um, and then I eventually did my own uh, public relations and marketing consulting um, and then uh, transitioned to this newsletter in 2017. I've worked in and around journalism for about 15 years. Hmm. I personally did not feel the gut punch that I know a lot of journalists and people with journalism experience felt when Trump made that statement about, you know, media being the enemy of the people. What about that was so striking to you? Well, it, it's like I, I listen. The, the press isn't perfect. I I get that. You know, there's there's probably, you know, I, I would imagine there's some liberal bias. Um, certainly, a lot of reporters that I've come across. Um, I I completely understand that. But it's the you know when 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 the planes hit the twin towers in New York. You know, you go to the you go to the newspaper to make to make sense of it. When you know the condo collapsed in Surfside, Florida. You know, you go if you're a South Florida resident, you go to the Miami Herald. They're going the Gateway pundit isn't going to tell you what happened, and 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 some of the problems there and the challenges they were going to face. So it was. You know, offensive to me because it, and also as someone involved in the Newhouse program, it was like, you know, if, if Trump is right, if you buy what he's saying and you buy into like fake news, it's like, then you're saying like, well, that must mean that they teach journalists to be propagandists or to outright lie. And as you know, you know, if you worked in a newsroom or any kind of news organization, you know, you gotta be right. It's the truth. The mm -hmm. truth. The truth is what it's all about. Um, so you know that that was so offensive. Now I I also understand that 
you know, I, I thought, and maybe this was naive, that truth was absolute in certain things. Now, in certain things, it is like, you know, the earth is round. You know, I, I depends would, who you ask. Yeah. Now you could, <laughs> you know, you yeah. could say, you know, prior to satellite, you know, you know, right. planes in the skies or satellites, like without that photographic proof that you mm -hmm. would, that, you know, that you might be a denier. You could just, you could, you know, mm -hmm. I, that wouldn't be me. Um, but, but I also have come to realize that, you know, there are, there, there are different ways to, to look at things. So I, you know, the advantage of working on the writing is it's exposed me to ideas and thinking that I, that I had a knee jerk reaction, like that's garbage. And, and I still know now from, you know, colleagues of mine and people I know that they automatically assume that anything coming from the right is, is wrong and, um, you know, and, and filled with errors. And, you know, that's not necessarily so. So, so doing the work that I'm doing, it's moved me a little, it's moved me more to the center, um, but not to the right. So, you know, that's, but it's, it's made, and it's made me a better listener, I would say. I, I definitely, I definitely try to listen more to the other point of view. Yeah, I, there, there are a couple of things in your statement that I'd love to pick apart. And that I I think there is an assumption, and it, it may be a correct one, that every right-leaning publication is not manned by trained journalists or not making a, a, a full effort that they're that you know that that they are. Um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, you mentioned flat earth and, and, you know, like there's a corner of the internet where, you know, people are like, yeah, like flat earth, the earth is flat. They're convinced of this, that, that, um, it seems like when you, when you look at news from one perspective and you, you kind of look at the other corner, the corner that you don't travel in, you assume that they're all the extreme of whatever your thought is. I guess I take that as a preamble to to ask you who surprised you when you looked when you actually started to consume that info were there were there things that you that that were a preconception of yours that you're like oh that's interesting like I I hadn't thought of it that way uh, what 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 were the uh, the surprises for you. Wow, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. Uh, I would say uh, how uh, how that that so many of the the websites that I'm on, and I must look at thirty to forty right wing websites a day. Um, that that most of them, but not all, are professionally written. Um, very few typos, grammatical errors. I mean, there are people who have skills in content creation and journalism and graphic arts. And certainly almost all of them look better than the writing, which is a very simple website that was created five and a half years ago and desperately needs an upgrade. 
Um, but so, so you know, so that so that that was a surprise. I um, I was you know some some surprised me in a very visceral negative way. Like what what is that? Like that that's you know that 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 is that is so wrong and is so hateful. Um, and you know I've seen you know pretty stark examples of racism and homophobia. I, you know I, I I certainly see that, and that always um, yeah hit, hits me like a slap in the cheek. And and it's like how someone put their name in that, and they're going out there and they're saying that. Um, but I but I also think that you know sometimes I read stuff and it's and it's well measured. And they, you know, and, and sometimes I'm surprised because there may be um, opinion pieces that are anti-Trump, uh, you know, you know, and that always that always kind of surprises me. But on the other hand, it it shouldn't because yes, there are those on the right who are anti-Trump, and then you know, there's you know, it's it's the right-wing media is it's not monolithic thinking. Like they're they're all not thinking the exact same thing. Um, I was also one last thing. The the other thing that surprised me was how um, how right, the right right wing websites far outnumber um, progressive websites mm. by, by probably a margin of five to one. And and I for I, I have considered doing a companion newsletter called the Left Thing. Meaning, I would look at progressive media and aggregate stories from progressive media and then push it to my audience. The, and, I, and I did a test run of that for about two weeks. And the problem was that um, there's just not a lot of, first of all, there's not a lot of media sources like that. And secondly, it's, you know, a lot of it is, is following what, you know, the New York Times. Times maybe running or the Washington Post. It's, it's very much in lockstep with that. Not that I'm calling them progressive, but you know, to me, that's just, that's mainstream. Um, but 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 for those right wing media, thinks mainstream mainstream media is progressive, and that that and that's probably my final surprise. That what I consider mainstream, those those professionals in right wing media think mainstream media is is progressive media howard you're reading my mind here why <laughs> and my prepared questions for you that that was the direction i'm going i'm sorry so, i didn't mean to not, step on your lines no worries let's just my go job there is, isn't my job to make you smart <laughs> that's my job well, okay, I'll start with you, and then then I'll, I'll go into the tranche that you're covering. Okay. How do you define mainstream media? <laughs> um, wow, that's good. That's uh, I I I no one's asked me that, and and I I kind of struggle to 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 answer that. I think just the traditional definition would be. Um, media that's impartial, that um, doesn't um, that that looks at both sides of the issues and tries to present um, 
the information in a fair and unbiased manner. Now, I think when you get into MAGA world and the world that we've been living this the last seven years, so when mainstream media outlets say, you know, that, you know, Trump lost the election um, and that Trump lies, well, right wing, you know, those on the right think like, no, that is pushing the progressive agenda. So that, I mean, that's the problem we're in. It's like there is no universal truth anymore. And that's an enormous problem. Was there ever universal truth? Uh, well, I may sound naive, um, but I, I would say generally yes. Um, that we didn't, we, we, it's like we always had um, the some of the some of the pillars of American journalism to stand on to help shape our worldview for American citizens, and we had a fair you know we had a very vibrant press, and you know think back twenty years ago where you know the the three broadcast networks were. Um, you know, cast a, a huge influence over the country. The cable net, cable news networks were were ascending. The newspaper industry had you know had a dominant grip on um, on, on local markets and and nationally, and they were reliable. They were a trusted source of news. Um, radio was was a, was a was a powerful force. Um, so at, you know, book publishing. So and it, you know, it was all pretty. Um, uh, everyone counted on it. Everyone relied on it. And, uh, you know, most people were drinking from the same information source. Yes, there might have been some dark alleys uh, uh, it, it's in the information flow, but the vast majority of Americans were getting their news from the, from the same mainstream sources. You know, those days don't exist anymore. And, and, and it, it's broken down in, in, into very disturbing ways. You mentioned you, earlier. You could stop. You could stop a conversation. Just say like, "No, the New York Times said that." But now, if you say that, you know, you you might be dismissed by someone on the right. They'd go, "Oh, that's fake news. I don't trust the New York Times." Well, I, uh, before I, I proceed, uh, that's an interesting thought. There, I I tend to think the inverse is happening as well. And I, and I think the equivalent of the Times is probably Fox News. That if you had a, a, a conservative person or a right-wing person say, say something and they cite Fox, that people on the left and progressive and sort of like Democratic voters broadly would be like dismissive of that as well, I would think. What do you think about that? I think that's a fair point. I, I will say, however, you know, as someone who reads right-wing media every day for a few hours in the morning, there is there's a lot of um, citing um, sources from the New York Times in right-wing media. Fascinating. So it's, like, it's like, wow, they're like, well, I guess they don't dismiss them so much. They 
And even Trump sometimes, if it supports his point, he will link to like a New York Times story in, uh, in, in his truth social feed, uh, if it supports what he's saying. Now, on the other hand, of course, no surprise, he would, you know, if it's negative to him, he would label it fake news. Right. But it, it's so, I mean, it's so disturbing that you take this entire, this, this industry that is an essential pillar of our democracy, journalism, and Trump, in two words, just, you know, makes it crumble. And those two words, of course, are fake news. That's what, anything that gets published and he doesn't like, it's fake news. And it's like, oh my God. And, and it works. It works for his base. The broad point there is fascinating to me. All right. That it, it seems that even in, you know, and even from Donald Trump himself, that there is sort of like this backstop of, you know, whatever we define mainstream press as that is the source of most of our information, whether it is the Times or the Associated Press or, or the Washington Post, these sort of uh, NBC, ABC, these massive outlets are sort of this backbone that no matter where you are on the political spectrum, you are sort of depending on. Right. With that being said, how, and, and you hinted at this earlier that, you know, that, that right wing media sources tend to see all those places that I mentioned, especially the New York Times, as left wing media. Right. You also mentioned that you tried the lefting, which is fascinating. I, in fact, I, I encourage you do that. I I I, I know it it seems it seems shallow now, but I encourage you to to go back to that project. All How right. do you define left wing media? Well, um, you, you know, so I'm I'm a child of the '60s, so to me, left wing media was the media I grew up with at the time, which was which came into being because essentially of the anti-war movement and um, the civil rights era, you know, those, those two big um, uh, events and, and, and it really drove a different type of media. And it also came about with the advent of, um, of FM radio, which was, which was really kind of um, album oriented rock. And, and, so that was, you know, absolutely left wing. So I'm talking about the Village Voice, the East Village, other, every major metropolitan um, market in the United States had at least one um, alternative weekly and possibly, possibly more. And, um, and college campuses, most of the um, students' newspapers were, were very progressive. So to me, that's where that's what I think of when I think of progressive um, progressive media. Now it's probably you know it's a handful. It's places like The Nation, Mother Jones, Slate, Salon, uh, fit in the, fit in those categories. Um, the New Republic. So that's you know th that's what I think of. 
but it's not nearly as um, diverse and 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 strong as it was, you know, b- back in back back in the '60s, early '70s, when it, when it's, you know so much of it was all about you know the the, the anti-war movement. You know, you would you would go to a a, a a left-wing newspaper because they may have um, advice on how to avoid the draft, or if you're, you know, if or if you're fleeing the country and moving to Canada, you know, they'll have the names of organizations that will help you, and there, there might be a full-page ad for, you know, for a big anti-war demonstration in Washington taking place in two weeks, and so those those are the things that 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 you know when i think of progressive media that's what it is tell me about the gulf in between obviously you're you you as you as you laid out earlier you you sort of you come from this sort of mainstreamish you know perspective right right and you you cover right wing media and your perspective of what what that liberal media is is it's so different than what the perspective of the sources in the writing are right um what's in between there you mean that what types of media or what happened yeah what's in between there yeah um so like listen we could debate for hours like is the new york times progressive or mainstream you know and are we talking about its news pages or its um, editorial pages. Um, obviously, I think it's its editorial pages to me lean lean more to the lean more to the left. There are some right wing voices in there, and that's you know gives gives it gives it some good balance. Um, you know, by if the New York Times calls Trump a liar and says that Trump won the uh, Trump lost the election, does that make the New York Times a progressive media outlet? I think no, but but again, you know, people on the right would say, "Oh my God, you know, that's they're they're, they're a progressive news organization." You know, I watch, you know, I, I I I watch network news from you know a few times a week, and you know, it seems like the coverage is right down the middle of the plate, and you know, very balanced. Um, it's a good summation, but I. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I do not think that um, a lot of right-wing politicians feel the same way, even though they want to be on meet the, you know, the Sunday public affairs shows and things like that. They're trying to reach their audience, and and you know, right now that's you know that's that's fragmenting. I think a lot of you know politicians are reaching out to people like you to 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 podcast. I think as the as the market fragments. You know, they're 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 trying to reach people in 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 many different ways. But I would have, but James, just as my point, I you know, in in my work, I I report on, I do some reporting on some of the right wing outlets, and some of the places will not speak to me because they say, "quote Howard, you're the enemy," unquote. Hmm. They distrust me. Now, and now I I also would say I have to add that and that a few places seek me out and invite me over and say, and, and, and which is great. And, and, and I, you know, all the conversations I have with places like that, I always start saying like, um, 
you know, we're probably going to disagree on politics, like over 90% of the stuff. But um, I, I hope, but can we talk? So some, can you explain your point of view to me? And, I, and I'd listen and I, you know, I don't say, are you out of your effing mind? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, I try and I try, I try and listen to it. And, and I must say, I think, um, you know, and I read a lot. I, I try and stay up on a lot of stuff. I would say that three quarters of them could win a debate against me. You know, I, hmm. I'm I'm impressed by the scope of the knowledge and how much, how deeply they they go into it. So it's um, it, it's 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 not all it's not all it's not all bad. One, t- I'll, I'll tell you one time. One time I I said on a on a radio show, I said my job every morning is to parachute behind enemy lines to find out what the right is thinking. And I got a, I got an email from a listener who said, who really took a great offense on that. And that, that listener, he, he was on the right, um, but he did say like, why do you call us the enemy? And it was like, I, and he had a point. Like I shouldn't, it was a, it was, I thought I was being clever. I think it was a clever thing to say, but in a way, I shouldn't think of them as the enemy. I mean, I, some of the thinking to me feels like the enemy of democracy, but I think it's just a little too harsh and builds too much of a barrier between me and right-wing media to label you know, every media outlet that I don't agree with because it's on the right as you know, in enemy territory. I, you know, I, I, I do not think that's right. And, you know, that person helped change my thinking a bit. Yeah, I would think that would certainly like cause an attention uh, 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 um, right. uh, beyond beyond sort of like your 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 larger goal. Right. And, 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 and just so you know, I, I you know, my what I try and do is um, not an, antagonize the right. I mean, it's that's low hanging fruit. It's it's too easy to make fun of it and stuff. It's I like to um, look at it as even handed as possible. Just try and get the facts. Just try and understand what's going on. Understand some of the you know the business structures of some of these websites. How they go about their business. How they make money. How they reach their audience. Um, just get get the information because most journalists either you know most mainstream news organizations they don't have the staff to investigate it or those that may be inclined they may be dismissive or they may bring it you know be biased against it or they may do it only if they hold their their nose what i like to say it's like you know to me it's like a you know does a does a does a scientist looking at a new virus does you know? Does a, vir- a scientist not look at the virus under microscope because he or she is repulsed by it? No, you look at the virus because you want to understand it and how it behaves and how to you know how that might be you know a, a threat to you or a benefit to to you. You kind of um, cross back to to some a. Uh, 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 you know, in fact, I'd like to sort of restate something I, I mentioned a bit earlier, because uh, your response there kind of ties back to what I was uh, I was getting at 
you 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 mentioned um, fragmentation, and this fragmentation has created opportunities for massive, massive opportunities for right wing organizations, or or conservative or or depending on on you know uh, which what what moniker they're they're under or, or perspective to sprout up and to be massively successful. Why do you? Why do you not see a similar crop pop up on the left? Do they feel served already, or no, or, or is it just like an a, a, something that's just not done yet? Well, I think there are some there there, there are some places that are are doing it, but I don't I don't think it's as widespread as the right. I mean, so. Uh, for instance, I think a very successful podcast is obviously Pod Save America. Um, and, you know, and, you know that that's geared for progressive audiences. So there, there are those. There's, there's. I'm, I'm seeing a little bit more on with with podcasts, but certainly, um, you know, right wing media, right wing radio, is dominant, completely dominated by conservatives. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, the to me, the only you know, it's just very tiny number of progressive radio talk shows and you know Thomas Hartman's probably the the leading um progressive talk show so yeah and, you know why why does that happen i'm 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 not entirely sure partly i think that a lot of it is the information flow is served by mainstream media like so if you're progressive you feel you know enough by listening, by reading, or consuming mainstream media, and, and you know you may have the New York Times. You watch CBS, you watch CNN or MSNBC. You read a magazine or so, and you, you go to a, a few websites, and you know you'll be informed. Um, and and that, and even if you're very liberal, that may be enough. Earlier, you mentioned that doing this kind of work made you a better listener. Right. Why? <laughs> because when so when I um, the one or two times a month where I engage with um, you know right wing publishers or right wing journalists, um, I I um, there's a part of me in another time in my life if someone said something. What I hear coming from the right a lot of times, I would have jumped down their throat and been combative and or dismissive. But now I I I hold my tongue and I try and listen and I try and figure out where they're coming from and um, and, and and try and try and deal with it in a more diplomatic way. And I think it's a I think it's I think it's smart. I mean, I think generally a lesson in life is to listen more, talk less. I said Howard Polskin as he's talking on a podcast. So this, I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting a week's worth of talking in right now. And you're a good listener. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And for those who are listening, there's a method to my madness. I tend to, especially when I'm doing an interview talk as little as possible try to do listen 
when I see the the edited version of this, I want to see my guests be two thirds of the conversation or more. I, I want to hear what you think in your perspective, and I and I, that that leads me to something broadly as sort of uh, as a um, I guess I could put you in a, any number of of categories, right? I can call you a, a media journalist, a media critic. How well are we listening to each other? Do we listen to each other? You mean Howard and James or people to people? I mean, people to people and people in the world that you cover. Uh, I, I don't think we listen enough. For, for, for instance, and I'm going to wade into this and, you know, I'm going to, I may be leading with my chin. Let's take um, a, a, a big issue on the right, and that's abortion. Um, I, you know, I, listen, I, I, I believe in a, in a women, in a woman's right to choose, but I, you know, when, when, when I hear people are on the right because of the abortion issue, like I understand it. It's, it's not how I feel, but I, I don't view them as crazy for thinking that way. I, I, I understand it. Now, when it comes to, you know, January 6th and, and you know, what, what took place at, um, at the Capitol, you know, that to me was like, no, there's not, there's not, there's no two sides. I have a, I have a really hard time seeing that in any other way. You know, when we look at the results of the, of the 2020 election, that to me is like, um, no, it's like, it, it's, it's like Trump lost. So I and I'm not really interested in hearing another point of view on that. Um, and um, so I so, you know, some issues I try and listen more. So I, for instance, I listen a lot more on the um, uh, 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 on the issue of, you know, transgender rights and and the, and, and and everything related to that, because I I understand and again, it's not my belief, but I understand where where this might be unsettling to some people. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I listen carefully to those issues. And, you know, and that's why I think what happened with Dylan Mulvaney and, and the whole, you know, Bud Light fiasco, I mean, that, that was a real turning point. And I think it behooves you know, mainstreamers and progressives to examine that reaction carefully because, you know, there's something underneath it. Speaking of another party that I think should be examining incidents like that tightly, how do you grade our level of reporting on media in America broadly? Uh, who's doing a good job at it besides yourself? <laughs> and who was your competition? Um, well, I'm, you know, I, I love media criticism and, you know, I, I, I follow it very, very closely. Uh, you know, I was before Brian Stelter left CNN, I was a huge, you know, huge fan of his. I love the work that Oliver Darcy and his editor are doing at, at CNN Reliable Sources. 
I think the the, um, the New York Times, Washington Post are doing are doing great, great work. Puck is doing the newsletter. Puck is doing great work. Um, uh, the media reporter Claire Atkinson is is out on her own with a Substack, doing doing some groundbreaking work. Um, so I, I you know I, the work coming out of Pointer, Dave Bauder at at AP. I'm just kind of you know scratching the surface, and I know you know. Listen, I was a huge fan of the late great David Carr, the New York Times. Um, I, I I know I'm probably missing some folks, but that's you know that that's that's a good start. It's not quite as vibrant as it used to be, and I I'm sorry I should mention the Columbia Journalism Review, and I believe I mentioned I mentioned Pointer. Um, it's not. There, there, it's it's not quite as vibrant as it used to be, but there's still a lot of media criticism going on. And, and again, I am a judge. You know, every year the the new house school at Syracuse has the Mirror Awards, and I've been a judge on those awards for um, for over a dozen years. So I see some of the best media criticism coming out of our nation's journalists, and it's really you know great work but also not as vibrant as it used to be. There's what happened? A few places. What, what happened? You know, I, I would think uh, it probably some of it was, some of it was coming from alternative weeklies. Like you might get the village voice would have a press critic. Um, and, you know, it, it, it just has to do with the fragmentation of media. And, um, you know, so the, the beat has just kind of, gotten there aren't quite as many people in it as as used to be and i don't have any numbers to go against it it just it just feels that way to me i would argue you know i'm you know shrinking newsrooms probably play a role i would imagine other fragmentation i would think as well yep yep Do you do you think media coverage of right wing media is fair? Um, y- yes, yes. So, so when I so what I read is uh, I think is pretty even handed. Yes, yeah. It, it's not like I look at it and go like, "Wow, that was pretty mean." That was that was pretty gratuitous. You know, you'll see more snarky stuff on Twitter. You know, pe- people will say stuff or in social media, um, but but as far as most mainstream news outlets, I would say they're you know they're 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 pretty even-handed. Yeah, I wrote and- something in 2018. You know, I I wrote something. Um, I, I, I I'm not going to say where it was for or anything like that, but my God, was I snarky? Yeah, you know, I, I was I was mean. I was mean. You know, I was being. Thought it was being clever and stuff like that, and um, the people, the people on the right that I were, I was writing about, they were very upset with it. You know, they they, they were very upset, and I thought, like, um, you know, I'm, I need to be more even-handed. You know, I, I think I stepped over the line on that, but um, you know, that that was that was the last time I did that. But it, but a lot of times, I think it's it's low-hanging fruit. You know, to 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 be snarky toward it. I sometimes let my snark out every newsletter. You know, I haven't, my newsletter comes out every morning about 11 o'clock 
and I always have a write a 200 word introduction to it. And that's where I let my snark out. You know, sometimes I really, I really point out something that I think is just stupid or ridiculous. Um, and, you know, like, or I'll pick out something like, um, you know, like Ivanka Trunk, you know, is, I bet you didn't know this. Ivanka Trunk is taking helicopter lessons. And then no. I, yes, <laughs> and then I wrote, this didn't get, I wrote, that's probably to help daddy make a quick getaway after he's convicted. And then I just X'd out that last part. Like, don't add <laughs> it, you know, so. Um, man, there are so many other places I wanted to go. Uh, I want to go with you. You've mentioned podcasting earlier and you've mentioned social media. Does that do, do tracking those areas? Do, do, uh, does that make your job harder? Yes, the, the more the more places that where right wing you know opinion lives, the more platforms that it lives. It's like it's like another thing. I've got a monitor, and I can't I, I can't be everywhere at once. I mean, first of all, when you think of right wing media, you know, you know the the, the eight thousand pound gorilla, of course, is Fox News. Then there's foxnews.com. Well, then you also have Fox Business News. Then you have then you have Newsmax, Newsmax TV. Then you have you know Right Side Broadcasting Network. Then you have OAN, and you know th these are just some some television outlets. And 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 then you've got you, you think of you know there must be at least fifty to sixty right wing podcasts out there. You know who can who's monitoring that? You've got right wing book publishing, you've got right wing children's book publishing. Um, so you're 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 all over you're all over the map on this. So and all of this content is reaching millions of people a day and influencing how they're thinking and how they're voting. Like. Most media, you you've explained there a complicated mishmash. Uh, I, I'd like to go into some of the you know the the characters and in or uh, companies and in this complicated mishmash. Um, sure. uh, you mentioned MAGA media. Right. Uh, every time I every time I, uh, I I I hear someone say MAGA media, I think of Jake Tapper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. In MAGA media, who who stands out in you in that world, and how do you define how, how would you define that kind of world? Well, I mean, to me, it's basically you know right wing media. I'm not all of right wing media is MAGA media. Yeah, I mean, there's conservative media, and then there's right wing media. So Where's you know, right wing the, uh... media, I, I define as you know to the right of conservative media. Um, okay. So, you know, and I kind of, I try, I, I started out calling it all conservative media, but then I was like, no, nah, that's like, like, you know, the national review is conservative media. I would not say that it's, um, it, it's, it, it, you're not wrong to call it right-wing media, but it's, it's more accurate to call it conservative media. So, you know, these distinctions, um, I'm lucky I don't 
um, have a <laughs> I have a lot of people I work with because we spend hours debating it and never get anywhere on this. Um, so I, I, you know, I generally call it right wing media. But you know, some of the, you know, some of the, the big players in 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 right wing media, um, I, I certainly think it's been covered to some extent. Um, is the Daily Wire? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a that is a huge place. So Ben Shapiro is the um, is the force behind it. Ben Shapiro is um, so. So first of all, he's got he's got a podcast. So I, I every quarter I I track the number of subscribers to the top twenty right wing podcasts, and I just do it on this one platform, Castbox. Are you familiar with Castbox, James? Yeah. Yes. Okay. yes. Castbox has just under two percent of the of the podcast audience. Just on so Castbox gives me the the number of subscribers that he has. So he has half a million subscribers to his podcast on Castbox. So if you multiply that by twenty, um, because you know I, I'm sorry, not by not by not by not by twenty. If 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 you if if you do that by fifty. Uh, you will you will get twenty five million subscribers. He has. That's like network. That's a huge audience. Now that's yeah. not listening to every podcast he has. Of course, but it certainly it's shows like that's his that's his overall footprint. And even if he's getting ten percent of that, so that's you know two point two and a half million subscribers listening at any time. That's a great audience. That's that's how you build a business. Now it's not surprising. Therefore, he's got his website, The Daily Wire. He's got his podcast. Mm -hmm. He's got several other podcasts in his in his network. Mm -hmm. So it's not surprising that he's now producing feature length films, and he's mm -hmm. able to promote it to his audience. So that you know, so that's just one place. And what a smart what a what a smart play that is. So, what else? <laughs> what other? Yeah, I, I have a. Yeah, uh, and you know, on top of that, I, I believe he also has a radio show. Yeah, and I think he has a column as well. I knew he did at one point. I'm not yeah, sure if he's, he's still syndicated column and stuff like that. He's you know he's yeah. multi-platform. He's all over the place. He's very strategic, um, and you know, my guess is you know he's they're making a lot of money. There's a lot of money coming in there, and you know he's positioned to be a a very big player. In, in right wing media. Okay, I have a few other names I'd, I'd like to right. run through. Tim Pool. What do you make of him? Not that familiar with him. I think it's a rabbit hole you should go down. Uh oh. All right. He's he's mostly podcasting and uh and YouTube. He's giant on YouTube. Has multiple multiple really? YouTube uh, uh uh channels that are over a million. Um, and he is sort of, I would call him a mini daily wire. Wow. So, cool. so with an E at the end, right? So with an E at no, the end. No. No. P O no. O L. Yeah. Yeah. Well worth well worth All it's right. very interesting. He um I mean he he has a daily show that goes live at 8 p.m. and gets at times eighty thousand live concurrent wow 
watchers on YouTube. Massive guy. The Daily right, Caller, on. what do you make of them? Wait a minute, say again? The Daily Caller, what do you make of them? Um, I think the, 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 the site bores me a little bit. Uh, it, um, you know, I, I mean, it, why? Their story selection, the the layout, um, it's just you know the headlines are a little cumbersome. It just feels like uh, I entered a time tunnel and it's 2008 all over again. Um, wow! But they, um, you know, it, it, you know, I, I respect them. And you know they're they're serious about what they're doing. It's just that you know the the site doesn't excite me as much. Whereas when I look at something like WND, I mean mm-hmm. I just I, I'm always eager to go there every morning to think like how are they going to offend me today? What are they What are they going to be <laughs> What are they going to be posting that is going to upset me or just go What are they thinking? That is so off the wall. So. <laughs> You know, some places I eagerly, I like, I look, I look forward to it. I'll tell you that the, the person, there's a few, there's two people I want to mention on the right. And, and so one is, um, there are two columnists. One is a columnist for the town hall. His name is Kurt Schlichter. Okay. And he is a, um, he's an LA attorney slash comedian slash, um, uh, veteran of the Iraqi war. Um, and he's a flamethrower and he's, uh, he's very caustic, um, and in a, in almost a scary manner, but he's, he's an incredible wordsmith. And hmm. as much as I disagree with almost everything that he writes, um, he makes me laugh and I'm like, wow, that guy is so talented. So that's a, you know, that, that's, and he writes about three times a week. And the other guy um, is Steve Cruiser with a K, who's a who who's also a comedian who writes a daily column called The Morning Briefing for PJ Media. And he's also very funny and very caustic and very offensive. But you know, you 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 read him because it's you know he it's it, he amuses you. And that said, there's nothing that's ever made me laugh on the Daily Caller. <laughs> wow! So, so I need my, I need, I need, my, I need my, I need my humor. Yes. Well, uh, World Not Daily was next on my list. What do you make of Steve Bannon? <laughs> um, it, here's the most important thing I can say: he's got the best hair in right wing media. <laughs> there is amazing and if you look at pictures of him 30 years ago like he was a handsome dude like that guy so and you know he's a he's 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 an evil genius you know he scares me but um uh you know i i lose sleep you know wondering you know what he's up to and what he's plotting you know, I just wish he'd get out of politics and just go in, you know, and just, you know, market hair care products. I'd sleep a lot better. <laughs> um, Glenn Beck in the blaze. 
Oh, um, I, I, the site, you know, confuses me. I, I there's rarely anything that I that I find worthwhile when I go on the site. You know, that said, just two days ago, they bought, they they made two purchases, two companies, um, more like lifestyle products. I really I haven't figured out what's behind that. But in you know, in my world, I don't see them as 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 a big influence. And I also, you know, some of the ways I look at it is what is Trump linking to? And I, I you know, I don't see them linked to the blaze that that much. You know, where where Trump might link to the Gateway Pundit or the Daily Caller, the Federalist, you know, obviously Fox News, Newsmax, places like that. The Federalist was on my list. So what do you what's your perspective on them? Um the, the the Federalists, I mean, listen, I give them credit. They always have, they always, it looks like to me, they always have four new pieces of content every day. Um, and it's like they're doing a, um, a, a pretty good, a pretty good job. They're not really, they're not sending out reporters. They're just doing opinion pieces. You know, they, they have a point of view. Um, you know, Molly Hemingway there is, you know, is the big name writer. and. When she's got a piece in there, I always try and read it. Clay Travis and Outkick. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think they're doing a good job. The danger when I go on Outkick, and this is when you know that that a that a, that a website is doing a good job, because you're you know you're trying to I'm, I'm trying to spend a, to get through to to do the newsletter in under two hours every morning. But when I go on Outkick, I start reading everything. You know, they do a real, they do a re it's a very well done site. The headlines are good. They, they really, um, they have a good story selection. And then they, you know, their, their point of view, they've, they've, they, their, their, their political point of view sneaks through in a few places. But most of the time, it's covered under all this sports news, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a big sports fan, so it's very dangerous for me to go on that site. You mentioned these folks before Newsmax. Newsmax, um, I think someone you could be someone if you just read Newsmax uh, every morning and not anything else, um, you might be, um, you know, reasonably informed. I mean, they okay. will, um, you know, uh, it's like they're always, you know, a lot of times it feels like Alan Dershowitz is quoted every day in there. Um, I, I um, but I think they, and, and actually they, they have a liberal columnist, Susan Estrich. You know, I give them credit for that. They, they have, she's got a weekly column and the opinion pages. So they're, so, you know, that, that, that's pretty good. It, you know they try and they try and stay on top of the news and do a good job on that. Tucker Carlson. Um, well, so Tucker is 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 a brilliant broadcaster. You know, you you I I, I tried not to when he was on Fox. I really didn't want to watch the show. It was it's disturbing to me. It's easier for me to read this stuff than to watch it on TV. So, but Tucker is a brilliant communicator. And when you listen to him, 
it's easy to get your mind polluted. You know, he's he's he he's very compelling. He tells a good story, um, and then you realize, like, you're like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 that is that is so wrong. And um, but he's he's done a he's done a, he's he's done a he's done a great job, you know, creating a brand for himself. But it's very his popularity is enormously disturbing to me. You know, I, I, I disagree with almost everything that that he says. Now, I would say that, in to, to Tucker Carlson's credit, I believe in March of 2020, he went down to Mar-a-Lago and tried to convince Trump um, about the dangers of of the pandemic. And you know, so so like he. He 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 was ahead. Of, he was he was ahead of a lot of right wing media on that. I don't know how, what he subsequently said in, in other shows, but I do know that happened. There were a couple of people, uh, people, well, places that I wanted to mention that I wasn't sure if they quite fit. So I want to ask you where where these people fit in the ecosystem uh, or places like the Wall Street Journal. Um. <laughs> So the you know the Wall Street Journal's editorial pages are very right wing, um, and and the, you know they are really down on climate. You know uh, you know they think they're down on climate change. They don't they they they, they really don't don't come out in, in as as believers in it, and they're critical of people who are 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 believers in climate change, and a lot of times they. Um, um, you know that really riles when I have headlines from the Wall Street Journal. It really upsets my readers. I would also say that they one, one of the things that I, I really have a hard time with with the journal when they in June of 2020 they ran a a um, uh, an opinion piece by then my uh, Vice President Mike Pence basically saying that the pandemic was over I believe and it was like so irresponsible and it, and and you get why they were doing it because it was. It was really, you know, bolstering the the Republican administration at the time, but but that was that was very to me very irresponsible and highly offensive to me. David French, I, I like his stuff a lot. I'm a fan. Yeah. Wow, that was a quick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, we we've mentioned Fox News several times. But you know, is the the big enchilada. So I figure on this list, I wanted to end with them and their. You know, uh, we mentioned uh, obviously News Corp also owns Outkick and uh, Wall Street Journal, and until recently, New York Post, yeah. there New York Post as well. But it, it it seems to me that Fox is in a very difficult place right now, um, uh, with with the loss of Tucker Carlson. And it seems like they're kind of in an identity crisis, as you as you sort of mentioned earlier. Most of this right wing media media world, as you uh, uh, um, is Magaland, and from the headlines that I've seen and the stories I've seen from right wing land, they're kind of now bucking on Fox as well. Uh, do you see that as well? Or am I am I imagining things? Wait, wait. I'm sorry. That Magaland is is down on Fox. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I've 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 seen it. Um, 
let, let's see if I believe it. Let's see how long that lasts. I mean, mm. that's kind of been, it's kind of been fashionable, but um, I, I still kind of think they're GOP kingmakers. I really kind of, kind of, they're highly influential. Their audience is just so vast. It's just can't, can't escape them, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm on a, on a, I was flying from Florida to New York yesterday and, you know, watching live TV on, on the, on the entertainment system. And, you know, so you have like six channels to choose from and you got CNN, MSNBC, and the third is, is Fox. And that's, you know, so they're, they're everywhere. And you go, you go to a gym and, you know, you may have six channels to choose from and one might be Fox. So they, they have tremendous distribution. They're all over the place. Um, very slickly produced and you know i think it would be a mistake to count them out and um yeah they they've been dinged there's no there's no question about it um but i would not count them out at all and, and their website you know just, just so you know their their website is on a tear has, has been growing its audience for the last seven months and it's very wow. impressive. They revamped their website. They've done a really good job, and um, and, and 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 that is a huge that that is, that is a huge website. It's almost as big as the it reaches almost as many people as the New York Times dot com. Wow! Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. I I wanted to to ask you a, a sub question there. In that is. All right, so it's Fox. Just it's such a behemoth; it's it's inescapable. Is the sort of upset in like these other places, you know, whether it's Daily Wire or or Blaze or wherever, is that um, a, a passing shower, or is it um, self interest? <laughs> Like, what do you, uh, do you think that, well, that some, of, some of it has to do with just the, um, the fragmentation of the, of the media, of the entire media environment, you know, all the, all the behemoths are getting smaller, um, you know, whether it's, you know, the three broadcast networks, all the cable networks, you know, cause of streaming. You know that that has fragmented audiences. So when people are cutting the cord, um, they're not. You know they may not be getting they may not be getting Fox News anymore. You know we certainly see where ESPN, for instance, has you know ten years ago had, had reached a hundred million households. It's now down to seventy million. So so the cable networks are in the same boat. Uh, you know, and that's that's why I mentioned that you know Fox News has a um, uh, has has done a good job on its website. They've got Fox Nation, a streaming play. I think that's probably you know pretty small and inconsequential, and it's it's hard to know whether that's going to be a big player or not. You know, it certainly makes one wonder. But there, there's certainly there's certainly a lot of options out there. That's for sure. On that note, Howard Polskin, any famous last words? Um, keep your mind open, your mouth closed, and listen as, as much as possible. I would, I would love to have you back. That That is fascinating you, stuff. You'd be here. great. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to all of the above. Let me know what you think wherever you're listening and do me a favor. Share it with a friend. You can follow my work at jamesbrowntv.substack.com. Paid subscribers get access to bonuses, including 10 the Hard Way, our members-only show. You can reach me at james at rochesteraccent.com or jamesbrowntv at gmail.com. You can also leave me a message at 585-484-0339. We might have you on the show. I'm James Brown, and as always, be well.